Welcome to me Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both silenced our cell phones and have worked in ministry for over 17 years. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurt, hope, and hungers that every minister has. Shout out to Alob for the intro music. You can find them. Just search A-L-O-B. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this intro was so much worse. <laughs> He's got to use the other one. Yeah, but, but last time... Last time you okay, so we forgot to hit record. Which we've been doing this for a while. We forgot to hit record, and uh, well, we Matt took a little bit of a break. We we had pre-recorded a lot of episodes, and then we had a little bit of a break where we didn't record weekly. So we didn't. We we got out of our routine. Mm, no excuses, Matt. Just results. <laughs> so here we go, Matt. We are talking today about really kind of ecumenical prayer. Yep. Right, prayer with other people who share belief in Christ. Um, but that not aren't necessarily Catholic. Yeah. So this this came up because of a movement that's going on here in the Bryan College Station area. It's actually going to affect or going to need to pull from Austin and Dallas and San Antonio and Houston to actually be able to pull it off. And that's, that's what they're hoping for. So it's called One Hope, and the idea is to fill Kyle Field Kyle Field is one of the largest college football stadiums in the United States. Absolutely. It's where Texas A&M plays football. Um, and, and A&M fills that stadium, what, six, seven times a year you know, for football? But how many times do we fill out that stadium, or how, how many times have we ever filled that stadium to, to praise God? Uh, never. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to fill that stadium, and so it's, it absolutely has to be a ecumenical movement you know, among, amongst all Christian churches to try to make this happen, to try to fill that stadium. And so you have Baptists coming up alongside of Catholics, alongside Pentecostals, Lutherans, all types of different Christians coming together to make this happen. And it's actually really beautiful to see the Diocese of Austin is behind it. You've got the, the, a letter from the bishop that he sent out to all the pastors saying, hey guys, this is something that is really, it's an interesting initiative and I want you guys to be a part of it. Which is really, it's neat to see the bishop actually behind something like this. Sure. So I go to the launch event and I talk to different Catholics. Ablaze put their name in the hat, you know, months ago. I met with one of the leaders of the event and I met with the, the city leadership team and, and I said, yes, Ablaze is on, on board with this. We want to be behind this. But then I, I actually got a call from uh, one of the, someone, I got a call from someone and they were like, hey, Matt, I, I see your name on this. Are you sure that's smart? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you never know what they're going to say. And I was like, dude, I've been to Catholic events where they say worse stuff, you know, than, than what they might say here, you know. And so you've got this air of suspicion, you know, around right. this from Catholics, which is, I don't know, a little, I don't know, it frustrates me a little bit. And then at, the, at one of the events, talking with another Catholic and the, the whole... I don't know, the idea of this arrogance, you know, came in. And I, I was talking with one of the leaders about this, and I said, none of us would be a member of our particular church if we didn't believe it was true, right? And so every one of us believes that our church is the true church. Mm-hmm. And, and the Catholic Church teaches, I mean, we, we, we have the fullness of the truth. Every other church has some something of the truth, right? And they even, they even talk about Buddhism having, you know, something elements. of the truth, elements of the truth there, right? Right. But we believe that we have the fullness of the truth. 
Correct. And we can believe that, but can we believe that without being jerks? You know, that's, that's the, the point that I'm trying to understand is like, can we believe that we have the fullness of the truth without being arrogant about it and, and saying that I shouldn't pray with you because I have the fullness? Or this well, is let really me, cute what you're doing, but I have the fullness. Let me respond to that. I was uh, a youth minister in that same town that you speak of. And the Young Life program, which was a non-denominational experience, was one of the most effective vehicles for pulling people away from the Catholic faith and into a couple of specific Protestant churches in the area. Mm-hmm. And so they were definitely a wolf in sheepskin. Okay. And so the air of suspicion, I think, can come from a, a, a valid negative experience that has happened. Now, let me just be clear. Young Life has done a lot over the last 10, 15 years to make sure that there's on-ramps for Catholics and off-ramps for Catholics to return back to their Catholic parishes to continue to develop their faith. Michael Havernkamp is a Catholic that is the Catholic liaison for Young Life, all those different things. However, in some local experiences, people have had negative experiences. The other piece and the other example is Breakaway, which you're no stranger to. Breakaway is an ecumenical worship event that happens on campus at Texas A&M a couple times this semester. I wanted to have our our program, our parish, be a part of it because it's ecumenical. In order to go ahead and be a part of it, I had to sign a statement of faith. And part of the uh, piece of the statement of faith was faith alone. Faith Mm. alone. Which is Mm -hmm. a Protestant uh, value or a piece of their theology, which as Catholics we believe is flawed, that it's a part of it, but not the whole thing. So I I, I contacted them and we we, kind of parried a little bit, talked back and forth, and ultimately it was like, well, I guess I can't be a part of this ecumenical event because I don't adhere to this aspect of their core value statement. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think that it's complete arrogance, but at the same time... I think that sometimes we need to remember that we have 80% in common and 20% different. And that 20% is important, but that 80% is also important. We're on yep. the same team. We're not competing yep. against each other. And this event sounds like it's seeking out the lost and the lonely, the unaffiliated. Well, I, <laughs> I also wrestle with, um, and so uh, this is maybe going on a different topic, but if someone goes to an event like One Hope or goes to an event like Breakaway or goes to Young Life right. and is and leaves the Catholic Church, shame on us. Not shame on them. Shame on us. Like, what are we doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, and that, that frustrates me. It's like, well, I don't want them to see what's out there because then they'll see what we're doing is crap. Like, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being a little hard on this because the mass is not fire. The Eucharist yeah, is not up. crap. Yeah. You know, the mass is not crap. The Eucharist is not crap. But sometimes the way that we celebrate it is. And, and what we have going on outside of that, the, the prayer that flows from that, that we've talked about before is non-existent. Right. There is no, there's nothing else out there for other, you know, other ways to grow in relationship with our Lord, other ways to pray. Um, and so when people say the reason they left the Catholic church is because their spiritual needs were not being met, shame on us. Yes. So anyway, so we're afraid of these other events because it exposes <laughs> our crappy ministry. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, and, and so I, anyway, so why, so that just means we need to raise the freaking bar. Amen. You know, that's what that means. 
Um, we don't need to run away from or shy away from praying with our Protestant brothers and sisters because it is freaking beautiful when you get together with, with people of other faiths, other Christians, and pray together. We did this, so One Hope has this, what they're doing is they're praying every month leading up to this event, just like bathing this thing in prayer. And man, these people can pray, and it's mm-hmm. freaking beautiful. So we just went last night to, to Save Our Streets, which is a local ministry here in town. It's non-denominational. It, the goal is to get kids off the street and to, to transition, transition people outside of, you know, from prison, you know, from that life to, to a new life. Um, and it's, it's a really cool ministry. They're, I mean, they're saving prostitutes. They're saving drug addicts. They're saving um, felons. It's, it's just really cool. So I go to this event, and I look around, and I could be wrong, but it looked like there were two Catholics in the room. Now, I don't know every Catholic in town. <laughs> I know a lot, but I don't know all of them. Um, it, it, there were just only two people who genuflected before getting in their seats. <laughs> Um, but but the cool thing about this event is they they are intentional about getting Catholics involved and and the other Catholic that was there was actually on the stage you know part of the night you know in part of the prayer service which is it, I, I love that about what this this movement is doing right and it was it was at, at uh, neutral ground right yeah. SOS is a ministry it's not a, a church or a denomination. And that they did that on purpose. Yep, um, I know they course. did. But so I, I walk in the room and I and I find a group of people that are, are that aren't like me, you know. And I go and I sit down and I shake hands with the guy next to me. His name's Eshan. He had been in and out of prison over the for the last fifteen years or so. Spent a total of ten years in prison, and for the last fifteen months, he's been um, in the the men's home there at SOS. And I was like, dude, this is really. I, I loved meeting him. Right. So yeah. throughout the night, Eshan's next to me. And then um, there's an African-American woman in front of me, and she looked jacked. Like, she looked strong. And I was like, man, why does she look so strong? We, we'll come to find out at one of the prayer sessions, they had us grouped together. So Ishan, um, the uh, former felon, me, and then this other jacked lady who actually turned out to be a cop um, on AM campus. So you've got this really, like, mixed bag of people together in all different faiths, there's no doubt. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, she came from one of the Pentecostal churches here in town. I'm Catholic. Um, Ishan, probably non-denominational. But anyway, all of us together there praying um, for this event, praying for the pastors, praying for the faculty, praying for the students. It was just, it was that that kind of thing. Powerful. It's powerful. Yeah. And, and I don't see a lot of Catholics doing things like this. Okay, so you're hitting on a theme that's going on in my life right now. We had uh, a benefit dinner recently for a blaze, and the theme of it was radical dependence upon the Holy Spirit. Mm. And it it sucks. <laughs> like <laughs> radical sucks? radical dependence on the Holy Spirit stinks. He's going to move <laughs> things around. He's going to shake things up, and he is going to make you super super uncomfortable. That's been that's been the theme of my life for this past week. And it's been um, it's been a challenge, and there's been a lot of beautiful moments of consolation in the midst of the challenge, right? Yep. And so, with that type of bold prayer that you experience, that we are called to experience, because it's not a matter of whether or not we should pray with others; it's how, because we are called to to pray with others to the ends of the earth. And so, other Christians, because that calling down of the Holy Spirit, it wasn't just beautiful, Matt; it was effective. Amen. efficacious, right? Amen. Yep. So things change when we invite the Holy Spirit to show up. 
We are calling down a Pentecost. You, last night at this prayer service, were calling down a Pentecost on the area for a specific thing. I love praying to God in specific ways because it gives him permission to be made known in a way that's measurable to us, right? So God is known to us, you know, but sometimes we just have to stop and say, Lord, make yourself known in ways that I can understand or in ways that I can see it. Like I am just a child. Could you explain it to me in second grader terms? Show up so that I can see you because I can't see the depth of your presence in my life. And you guys were calling that down on an event, on an area, on a community, on a people, and it's absolutely beautiful. Well, and and so how to do that, and so maybe that's just it. Like, we have, you know, we are missing something. So many Catholics are missing something to be able to go to that event, feel uncomfortable, be okay with feeling uncomfortable, and being out of their comfort zone, I guess, is, is the better way to say it, and then to be able to pray with others. So... Most Catholics, if they were placed in that scenario and asked to turn to someone they didn't come with and pray with, I think they would like <laughs> crap their pants, to be honest. <laughs> they, they'd say, hey, do you know the Hail Mary? <laughs> that's, well, and that's what I was afraid of. And that's what I'm afraid of is that they would go, okay, it's my turn. Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Hail Mary, full of grace. And it's like, beautiful prayer, but like it's that... I, I don't know, like, that's not the kind of prayer that you do in that scenario. And so we need to be able to pray in other ways um, and to pray with others without showing, without just, I don't know, slamming our differences in the other person's face, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that's a lot of times Catholics will do that to show that I'm Catholic. Now, I, I get it. We're proud and we should be proud, but just to just to do it to show that I'm different than you is is wrong. Right, but but we went to, Matt, you and I went to the National Youth Workers Convention, mm-hmm. which is a non-denominational youth ministry-focused conference, and there wasn't one Catholic on, well, Patrick Lencioni, so there was one Catholic on stage, but any time that they prayed, whenever we heard that, them say amen, like almost robotically, we made the sign of the cross. Anytime yep. someone says amen, we make the sign of the cross, and I don't think that was us saying, hey, we're Catholic and you're not. I think that was just part of our experience of prayer, just like the other person might might invoke Father God or the Holy Spirit in a way different than what we're used to, and that's their style of prayer. Both are inviting God in, and I think that's okay to showcase those, but if you're defining yourself by the differences instead of seeking unity, which I think sometimes like, oh, okay, your prayer was good, but it ain't Hail Mary good, then, <laughs> you, do you see, then, then it becomes problematic. Yeah, and I think like there's the difference between like being in a whole large group, everybody sitting in chairs facing forward in a way, and, and ending the prayer with the sign of the cross. Sure. Um, it's another thing if you're in a group of three, and it's just you and two other people, and they say, hey, Matt, would you start us off? Sure. And I, and I, like, I had to, like, I almost went straight for the sign of the cross, and I stopped myself, you know, because I, I didn't want to... Make I didn't them want uncomfortable. To, to, I didn't want to create a wall immediately. Yeah. Or I didn't want to create a difference immediately because there, like you said, there's eighty percent that we share in common. Jesus Christ, we share in common. Right. Right. So why why do I want to lead with a difference? You know why not why not just lead with commonality? Lead with you know anyway. Lead with Jesus Christ, and maybe that's the theme of this. You know, lead with Jesus. You know, Jesus is real. Jesus is our friend, and and He is their friend too. 
right? Just because they're not in the Catholic Church doesn't mean they don't know Jesus. So this whole topic, I know you're using the event to bring up this topic, the One Hope event. (laughs) Um, But then the question I would challenge or push back is how? Matt, there are more fallen away Catholics or non-practicing Catholics in my community than practicing Catholics in my community. And now you want me to... Now you want me to take, yeah, I know you want me to take time and make time to go ahead and hang out with practicing Christians that aren't Catholic. Like I I, I, I can't, I can't even take care of my own. And now you want me to go pray with others. It starts with you. Um, And, and this was something that I thought was really cool. And again, shame on me for, for not starting it, but maybe, maybe stuff like this, I, I'm curious about this. So a, a local non-denominational uh, church has a, a youth minister. His name is Dan. Um, and he coordinated citywide prayer between with all the youth ministers. Get all the youth ministers from all the different churches to come together and pray over the city, pray over these youth. If I had started that, would as many people have come? Probably not. If the Baptist youth minister had started it, was it would as many people have come? Because it feels Prob- like it's attached to a brand. Probably not. You right. know, the the non-denominational youth minister has a little bit more of a universality to it, right? So, but that is where it starts. Is is you becoming comfortable praying with other like ministry leaders outside of the Catholic Church? Um, and once, and so that's where I would say it starts. It doesn't necessarily start with taking your youth group to. Um, what did we say earlier? Young life, young you life, know, or anything like that. Um, it starts with you and and you praying with other ministry leaders in the area, coming together. I, I know there's got to be a network of um, Protestant pastors in your area. Get on that network. Yeah. Get in that team. Pray with them. Um, that's where that's where it starts. And so the ministry leaders that are out there find other people like of other denominations. And go pray with them or meet with them, whatever. Do something to I don't know, broaden your horizons as to what the body of Christ looks like, right? Yeah, and, and I, I hear you, and I've seen it. And Matt, the last time I saw it in my community was an event, I believe it was called In the Silence. And it was to address those who were silently suffering because so many students had taken their own lives in the last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had Catholic pastors and Protestant ministers show up. That wasn't to pray over the city. That was reactive, not proactive. It yeah. was to, to address a hurt. And of course, you're going to show up to something like that. Of course you are. But the thing that, 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 that breaks my heart about it is that it takes take a, a tragic season in our, in our community, in our area, in our ISD, to where there were a number of people that took their own lives. And that's what took bringing us together. When yeah. the movement of the Holy Spirit calls us to on a regular. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, that's sad, you know, when we, we stay in our own little silos, our own little world, um, and are, I don't know, possessive of the people that God has entrusted to us rather than, you know, being open and, uh, yeah, inviting it. And, it ta- and it's sad when it takes something like that catastrophic to, to bring, bring us together. Um, but sometimes that can be the catalyst that, that will make things change. Hey, guys, I really loved coming together and praying with you guys for this, but I think we need to do this more. I right. think we need to pray not in a reactive way, but in a proactive way in, in, you know, in protection over these young people, and I want us to come together and do that. 
So that, that can be the catalyst that can make that happen. So what about the backlash, right? You mentioned, oh, we have the fullness of truth. You, you know, that, that the kind of, uh, I don't know, arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or what about the potential backlash? Let's say you are a ministry leader and you have a, a, a program and there's people who are like, I'm just simply not going to participate in that. So like, it, let's say you start off with this ecumenical th- prayer where you, just you are going. Nobody else is, no, you're not bringing anybody from your ministry or anything like you, just you are going. And you, you do it for a year or so or however long you develop friendships. And then th- let's say something is born from that. Hey guys, let's start something on Friday nights after football games where people can come together instead of going and drinking and partying, they come to this. Let's do it in a neutral place, but let's all come together and do this. Right. Right. So it's, it's an ecumenical thing and it can be, you know, praise and worship style, whatnot. You can have a speaker or whatever. Um, and it would, I don't know, it wouldn't rotate, maybe rotate speakers. Maybe you'd have a speaker from everything. I don't know exactly how you would do it. <laughs> Talk to the one hope people. They do a really good job. Um, <laughs> something that, um, that keeps it, I don't know, unique, but also unified. And, and unbranded. So, I hear that as yeah. well, that it's not, not a specific brand. Right? Absolutely. Um, but, and, and let's say you, you start to take people to this and it is, and let's just, okay, let's say that your worst fears are realized and you lose a kid you know? and a kid goes to like you, they go there, they meet some other kid who is more on fire than your kids for Jesus. That kid, you know, um, brings them into their church. So now you've taken kids to this event and, this kid is now interested in going to, you know, ex Bible church, yeah, whatever. Um, and now their parents are pissed because you've taken them some like you've. It was your fault that they went that way. Sure. And now the parents are yelling at the pastor. You're asking me at that point, like, what do you do? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I don't know. Like, I think you, you would just have to. <laughs> that was so really... much buildup, so much buildup to an I don't know. Yeah, unacceptable. I apologize, <laughs> listeners, that you just had to sit through the last two minutes of your life. <laughs> um, th- I mean, that's a really good question. What would you do? I think the reality is, if you want to talk about us praying as Catholics with people of other faiths, we're doing it. We are doing it. Because about one third of the people who leave end up becoming Protestant. Yeah. So you know, you're you're p- praying with Protestants; they're just not Protestant yet, and that's wow. something we have to change about ourselves. Yeah. Sad thing is, is two thirds of them that leave will become nothing. Nuns, like the yeah, nuns, right. the rise of the nuns, uh, affiliation yep. none, no affiliation, mm-hmm. and so um, so that's kind of cool evangelization. Because in the future, they'll be, you would have prayed with someone who's not even Catholic. So, um, to the ends of the earth. Um, but, but seriously, like uh, the the fruits of mediocrity are uh, are not delicious. Well, and like the and I don't know if it's necessarily so. Before you go and do something like this, I'm still thinking of an answer. Um, before you go and do something like this, whether it's with people in RCIA or in your youth group, whatever it is. Um, you, you absolutely need to have the pastor on side, your, your pastor, um, on your side, letting him know the vision of what you're, what you're doing, um, what you've been doing with this group and what you see it being and getting, getting him on board. There's an important caveat before you do this as a representative of your parish. Yes. Absolutely. Pray with your neighbors. 
absolutely yes. pray with if you get invited do it like and the cool thing is is extend the invitation back if you get invited to hey come to our church service great why don't you join me for mass too and you know what we're gonna we're gonna show up 20 minutes early so i can explain everything like the smells mm-hmm. and the bells you know and they're gonna be like and we're gonna show up 20 minutes early so we get the good coffee and the good donuts <laughs> like i'm both are good reasons to show up early <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, when you're doing something on your own, yeah, go do it. But if you're doing something that represents your parish or you're taking people from the parish to go to something, you want to have your pastor behind you. Yeah. Um, And then if your pastor is behind you and that parent, you know, or someone balks, oh, hey, he's leading people away from the church or she's leading people away from the church. And he can very easily say, no, they're not. They are they are praying with our you know Protestant brothers and sisters and there was something that was attractive, you know, about this with that other person. We need to have faith and trust in God that that if they're that they will come back, that He will bring them back. And we all need roads to, lead to Rome. Yeah, I mean, we need to, you know, maybe there's something about our program that we can learn, that we can change, that we can do better, so that they wouldn't have left. Right. You know, maybe that's and and then maybe that's just the answer is like maybe there's something we need to do, you know, to grow. You know, maybe that's what that is you know, showing us. And and that and that's also the hard thing, right? So there are teens that I have ministered to that have left the Catholic faith. Yep. And I'm like, they're lost. They, I mean, it's been 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're, they're lost. But they're 30. They're 30 years old now, right? Mm-hmm. That's less than one third of their life expectancy. Yeah. yeah. How shallow am I to think that, oh, well, they've got 60 years left. God's not going to figure something out in the next 60 years <laughs> to bring yep. them and others back home. And yep. and so we have to be able to have this bold trust in God that if for some reason their journey calls them, and and I and I do believe because missing mass is a grave sin. Yeah, Matt, Matt, you just got excited. Sorry, God will yeah, call I them mean, back home. What a like so? Let's say this happens in your youth program. What a cool moment to say, "Hey, invite me to dinner at your home." You know, let, let, invite me to your home. Let me let me you know just get to know you guys a little bit better. And maybe even minister to the parents. Well, okay, great. I, I'm not great. I'm sorry that this happened. What is the what does the faith look like at home? Like, what do you guys do at home? Because now that they're not going to youth group, it is even more important for you guys, for you guys to to be doing some really good stuff at home. Right. So let me help equip you um, in whatever way. So invite me to dinner, and then we can talk and we can see a, you know strategy. We can work together. Um, I, I really like that opportunity. So it provides an opportunity for you to convert the family, you know, because if if that has happened, I mean, this is, isn't, you know, universally true. If that has happened, there is something that needs to happen within that family. There is conversion that's necessary on for mom, for dad, for brother, sister, whatever, so that that faith can be passed on. So in, in the midst of all of it, I believe that praying with others regardless whether they're Catholic or non-Catholic, is a risk, right? Anytime you invoke or invite the Holy Spirit in, you take a risk, and that risk is worth taking. Yep. Um, I also believe that we're called to pray with others, and that as Catholic leaders, we need to get outside this, are you a parishioner? Then if yes, check yes, then I can serve you. If it's a check no, then I invite you to become a parishioner. Otherwise, um, I'm going to move on to those because we do. There are a lot of parishioners and not a lot of human resources 
in kind of the ministry leadership realm, at least professional ministry leadership realm. Nevertheless, we are called to go deeper, bolder, greater, and inviting the Holy Spirit with others, regardless of whether or not they're Catholic or not, is valuable. Absolutely. Well, we've come to the end. Chris, is there anything else you want to say before we close? Um, yeah, don't forget, as you're starting your podcast, uh, listeners, to silence your cell phones. <laughs> it can be very distracting and- in your opening. And push record. And push record. <laughs> Great. You guys can find us on all the places. Um, but if you do, please, please, please leave us a review. And uh, go ahead and uh, and connect with us at Ministry Leaders Anonymous on, uh, on Facebook. That's one of the best ways, our closed group there, or MLAPodcast.com. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray with other ministry leaders outside of the Catholic Church. Be bold, and we will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. 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 bless.